0: You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Then that I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the Internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry, because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, ManyRoadsTravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! So, on today's episode, we are going down the Kenyan coast, stopping in Malindi and Mombasa, and then heading back to Nairobi. And of course, I'll be leaving Lamu as well as my travel buddy, Casey. We've been traveling together at this point for just over five months, but I I cut the cord (laughs) and I'm on my own. So this is the first episode that I'm not traveling with him on this trip. Now, of course, if this is your first episode, come back to episode one and come with me on the whole 30,000 mile overland backpacking trip I did from Paris to Cape Town and then back up to Nairobi. I didn't know I'd be back to Nairobi that time, so we come along on the whole trip. So on today's episode, we are going to be covering another 550 miles, taking us up to 13,600 miles so far. Before we crack on, let's just have a little update on the podcast journey you're on with me as well. So top five countries this week are USA, Canada, Great Britain, France, and hello, Germany, you're back, number five. (laughs) Danke. And the review of the week is from Back in Time podcast. Uh, Five stars. It says, great new show. Love the content. Makes me want to go on another adventure slash vacation with the family. So thank you very much. And I hear you. Obviously, I want to take this time to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And let's just hope 2021 is a lot better. Because, I mean, this Christmas, it's like the first time in a century, really, that... It's very different i I know there's a lot of travel restrictions and lockdowns, uh especially in in Britain. It's pretty brutal over there, which is you know my second home, so yeah, I mean, it's not great in Ontario, Canada, where I am right now, either. We're going to lockdown on the twenty sixth of december so and of course, in America, let's not even go there <laughs> it's uh heart goes out to you guys, man, okay, so let's just uh pick up where we left off. Oh, one last thing. Up to 65 countries I have listeners from. So almost there at my 76. So as a little Christmas present to me, why not share my podcast with your friends and spread the love? (laughs) I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for listening, guys. You you, you know, I wouldn't be here without you. So it gives me encouragement with my reviews and, uh, you know, my downloads and listens keep going up every week. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. And of course, on YouTube, got the new YouTube channel up. So if you're on the podcast, come on over, Many Roads Traveled. And if you're watching on YouTube right now, <laughs> thank you so much for watching. <laughs> and make sure you subscribe and ding that notification bell so you don't miss an episode or a step along the way. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off in the last episode. So I was in the beautiful, or on the beautiful island of Lamu, which is off the Kenyan coast, just down from the Somalian border. And I've been there for about two weeks-ish. So June 29th, 1993. So we're going back in time. So you travel back in time as well with me. So there you go. (laughs) So just remember, yeah, no internet, no phones, mobile phones, no, you know, Google Maps or anything like that, you know, kind of traveling on your own, really. Okay, so as I said before, yeah, I've still traveled with my friend Casey, who I left Canada with. And it's now June 29th, which is the day I left Lamu, sadly. I love Lamu. And like I said, say goodbye to Case. I mean, at that point, you know, I thought we'd see each other again because we're going (laughs) to the same destination, but we kind of, you know, both decided that it was time to go our separate ways before we kill each other, (laughs) which would not have been good, Uh, you know, He's still a friend of mine and, uh, you know, love you dearly case. Happy Christmas. But yeah, it was time. It was time. Five and a half months is a long time traveling with someone when you are spending 24-7 a day with them. You know, sharing a room, all that. So yeah, it was time. It was all cool. So I left Lamu with my friend Craig, who I met on Lamu Island. He was an Australian bloke. He was about 28. Super lovely. Very funny. Uh, I was 23 at the time. And we were going the same way, so we decided we'd travel together. So yes, yeah, so we left Lamu, about 7 in the morning, got the ferry back to the mainland, and then got a bus from the port to down to uh, Malindi, which is on, like I said, on the Kenyan coast. So it took about six hours on the bus to get there, and it wasn't... Too bad. I mean, the scenery is really lovely because, you know, you're going away along the coast, so lots of palm trees and you can see the ocean most of the way. Though the road was pretty dodgy. <laughs> a lot of potholes. And yeah, so not the most comfortable ride, but better than all my way there, which if you catch the last episode about Lama, you hear about that. So, yeah, so we got to Malindi at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we decided we were going to walk out to there was this resort that was right on the beach, so it was about a I don't know, one and a half, two kilometers walk, which is always fun when you're carrying a 50-pound, 23-kilo backpack. (laughs) And you could either camp there or rent one of, like they had three levels of huts there. So we decided, because I had my tent, we we would, you know, camp there. Because it was only like 60 shillings, Kenyan shillings at the time. And at the time, it was between 71 to 81 shillings per U.S. dollar. So it was like less than a dollar. <laughs> I'm all about the budget. I'd rather skip out on accommodation, and things like that, so I can travel longer. So we pitched my little two-man tent and, you know, throw our gear in there and then decided, okay, we're starving. It's probably now about three o'clock. We haven't eaten yet. So we walked back into town. I mean, Melinda's quite a sweet little town. There, yeah, There's a few dodgy areas, but it was, it was pretty nice and pretty chill. Like Kenya, I found it super friendly and you know, very safe kind of thing. So, but there are, you know, like any city, there are some dodgy areas and just kind of stay out of those. Although I tend to not even do that. (laughs) So do as I say, not what I do. Sometimes that comes into effect for sure. Grab something to eat and then head, you know, walk back and (laughs) back to our beach resort. But of course, as soon as we got back there, it started raining and it rained the whole night. And my little tent, it, held up pretty good because it was super cozy in there, let's put it that way. You know, two of us in there with both of our big backpacks, and it was only two bed tents, so it had leaked a little bit in the corners. So the next morning, we decided we would, you know, upgrade and move to the mid-range huts, which were really cute. There was, you know, two single beds in there with mosquito nets, which was handy, and then a little veranda, which we spent a lot of time playing cards on that veranda because it rained pretty much the whole time we were there. So that kind of sucked. So the next night we went back into town for dinner to, uh, it's called Palm Gardens Hotel. We bumped into my friend Steve and Nikki, who I actually originally met in Nairobi, but saw them in Lamu, and then a few other people I had met in Lamu. So that was cool. So there was a bunch of us. So, you know, we had dinner together and a few beers. And yeah, really, really nice. Like I said, after the last few months, you know, th- especially through Sudan, training, Ethiopia. Casey and I hardly met anyone <laughs> like out of the travelers, right? I think we maybe met six in two, over two months. So there was still novelty and really nice meeting new people. <laughs> so that was cool. And then really, yeah, the next four days we spent in Malindi really could be summed up as rain. <laughs> rain and rain. <laughs> Although we did get one day that it was like a half a day that it was sunny so we we're like okay well, let's hit the beach so we walked down the coast a little bit and and found a nice little beach spot that was actually in front of this like five star what's called La- lawson's hotel complex so we kind of had it like yeah went to that part of the beach it was nice pretty nice and good waves so got some like you know body surfing going on and steve and Nicky were there so that was cool so we had that with him for a bit but that was it. really, <laughs> it was like eating, playing cards. We'd have two, uh, s- like, uh, joint sessions a day. So <laughs> joint in the afternoon with my Lamu mustache which I still had and one in the evening. So and a few beers probably. So it wasn't a lot. I mean, it was just, it really sucked that the weather was not good and it should have been because it was now beginning in July and rainy season should end in May so <laughs> or June latest. So nope. No look for us. I mean, the three weeks I was on, you know, on beaches or on the coast, you'd think I'd be super brown. No, I wasn't. Because out of those three weeks, I think I had five days of partial sunshine. <laughs> so that, that sucked. I mean, I still love, you know, the the Kenyan coast and Lamu, but I would have loved a lot more if the weather would have been nicer and sunny. But hey, what can you do? You know? And also times like... It's also cheaper. I mean, like I said, we were in season, so it shouldn't have been that much rain, but our weather pattern, even back then, it's screwed up with climate change and all that stuff. But the one you know reason to go in rainy season or shoulder season is because it's usually a lot cheaper. So what well, I was going to say, so that hut, our big upgrade, went from 60 shillings to 110. <laughs> so under two bucks anyway. So that was still pretty good. <laughs> so on July 3rd, We went to Mombasa. So it's only about 120 kilometers south of Malindi. So we just got on a jumped on a Matatu, which are kind of local transport or short distances, which are kind of either like pickup trucks with seats in the back on the sides of the, you know, the back of the pickup truck or minivans. But of course we got on a super slow one. So it took us a few hours to get to Mombasa. And it was. You know, we found a hotel, which Lonely Planet, which was only guide, really the only guidebook, I think, around at the time. I mean, that's what everyone had. I didn't have one because Casey had it. So now I have no guidebook either, <laughs> and I'm on my own. But Craig had one. So we looked up this hotel, and Lonely Planet was like, oh, yeah, it's really, really nice. So I went there. Well, it was a shithole. <laughs> this often was the case with LP, Lonely Planet, and my experience in Africa. Usually when they said something was crap, uh, it was good, and vice versa. Hey, you know, things change. I guess <laughs> I don't know. And it was the most expensive hotel we'd st- I'd paid, and you know I'd been in Africa or Kenya now for probably about a month. I guess I think it was like two hundred shillings. So it's still, <laughs> but I was still paying usually between fifty cents to a dollar a night accommodation. So now it was like three dollars. What? <laughs> anyway, so we had a we had a little look around Mombasa. It, To be honest, I didn't think much of it at the time, but, you know, I didn't really give it a shot, I guess. So we did go to Fort Jesus, which is this, uh, I think it's from the 16th century Portuguese kind of fort. But then we're like, oh, well, it's too expensive, so we're not going to go in. We'll just walk around it. So we did that. And then we're going to go hit the beaches in the afternoon because there's lovely beaches there, but it was cloudy. So we're like, nah. So I get it probably was just more cards and drinking probably. (laughs) So the next day on July 4th, we decided, we're, yeah, we're out of here. Let's get back to Nairobi because we were planning on meeting some people there too. So, and then we were like, well, let's just hitch to Nairobi. Let's see how that goes. So we did that. It took, we waited about 45 minutes. And then a lovely young Kenyan couple picked us up. And I had their little two year old, really cute toddler kind of on my knee most of the trip. So that was, he was really cute. So that was fine. And then they dropped us off at the stadium in Nairobi. And then Craig and I were like, OK, well, we'll just walk to the Iqbal Hotel, which is where I had stayed before Nairobi for like, oh, I think I was in at least 10 days in Nairobi before I left for Lamy. So I knew Nairobi pretty good by now. And where we stayed is called the Iqbal Hotel, which is still there. I can't believe it. <laughs> it still looks the same. Pretty, you know, very basic, but very cheap. And the street that it's on is kind of where all the backpackers go because it's just full of kind of cheap accommodation and bars and restaurants and things like that. So, you know, it was the hot spot for, for backpackers, even probably now, which is Off River Road, which is pretty dodgy in the part of Nairobi. Like all locals would be like, never go there. And Iqbal is on Latima Road. And now a quick sponsor break. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once for the hard way and never again. (laughs) This is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. ManyRoadsTravel.com forward slash insurance double L and traveled. And don't leave home without it as the saying goes. (laughs) Okay, now back to the show. And don't forget. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. (laughs) This is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. ManyRoadsTravel.com forward slash insurance double L and travels. And don't leave home without it as the saying goes. (laughs) Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that's still where all the, you know, backpackers, travelers kind of hang out and stay. So anyways, it, yeah, it, it all. It felt like I was coming back home. It was so weird. <laughs> but scary, but weird. And also walking back to from the stadium to Iqbal Hotel. I mean, we did have the horror stories <laughs> on the back of our heads because I personally had met, I think, th- at least three people that literally got mugged. Like, they took everything, backpack, money belts, Passport, everything in the middle of the day, you know. So <laughs> we were also a little bit worried about that because we had our big pack pack packs on. So, but anyways, we made it take ball safe and sound. We, we were thinking that Christine and uh, Craig's friend Claire was going to be there. But, and Christine is who was my, ho- one of my housemates in Lamu. Loved her. She's awesome. Uh, but they weren't there. So Craig and I got a double room. And honestly, I think it was about, yeah, a dollar each at the most. However, the next day, uh, Christine and Claire came out. You know, separately arrived separately, the Iqbal. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. So we did a little switcheroo. Christine moved in with me in my room, and then Craig and Claire got uh, another room. Yeah. So I ended up being in Nairobi for another nine days. <laughs> like I said, I love Nairobi. Lots of people hated it. I loved it. So basically, the nine days kind of summed up is I had to do a lot of like visa, get visas for countries as well as, you know, stock up on essentials. So this week in Nairobi, basically, we, yeah, ate a lot, as usual, and played a lot of cards in uh, mine and Christine's room, usually, and I think we went through two big balls of vodka that week, just between the four of us. Craig was so clumsy, but he only knocked over the vodka three times in that week, so that was that was better for him. <laughs> yeah, so I also had to get visas, so I had to get my... Ugandan visa, Zaire visa, which is now the Democratic of Congo, I think it's called now, and Tanzanian visa. But of course, you can not do that one at a time because they need your passports, right? So that was why I was there for nine days as well. It usually took about between two and three days uh, to get each visa. So yeah, like I said, a lot of eating. I mean, the restaurants were great in Nairobi and pretty reasonable. I mean, and, you know, there's all different prices, but for pretty cheap or like medium price, which I mean, medium is like... $3 a meal <laughs> rather than one. <laughs> we were amazing. So I probably tried it like I, half the restaurants in Nairobi. It was ridiculous. And also we went, you know, a few bars. Uh, there was a new bar that had opened up from like the time I was away from Nairobi. It was called Shooters. And it was great. And it was just down the road from the Iqbal. And they had a lot of shooters, <laughs> obviously. But uh, special prices and yeah, happy hours and stuff like that. But it was kind of a bittersweet because it reminded me so much of back home. You know, it was like a bar I'd go to back home, and I so I'd have to, I'd always be expecting one of my friends from back home walk in. It was kind of weird, but you know, met some cool travelers there as well, so that was all right. And that was like four of us kind of thing, so it was cool. Claire and I decided to hit a few clubs. I think it was just Claire and I. Oh my gosh, hilarious! So one was called Buffalo Bills. <laughs> we were we were sat in the prison bit. <laughs> Because there was no wagon-covered tables left. It was so cheesy. Oh, my gosh. And it literally was just full of old white, predominantly white Western men and prostitutes. So it was just, you know, interesting people-watching place, I guess. And then we were like, okay, this is just too much. So then we went to another club called Florida 2000, which was bigger but pretty much similar. I mean, we got hit on a few times, but it was still full of mostly, you know, prostitutes and men. White men, <laughs> like Western men. But so Claire and I decided we were going to go by the name of or uh, we We're going to be from Greenland and our names are going to be Ulu and Gertrude, <laughs> which amused us at least. <laughs> and then Claire and Craig had decided that they were going to go to Ethiopia and they wanted to go by land. So I was like, well, I've just come down that way. So here's the trick. Because then we found out that the border, the land border, had closed completely. You couldn't even go in to, to alley's, which is where we came from. If you listen to my Ethiopian uh, episode, you'll hear about what I had achieved. But I gave him the tip. I was like, okay, well, what you have to do is buy, go buy flights at Ethiopia Airlines and then get your visa and then refund those flights. But I was like, but you might have to keep those flights if that land borders closed. And trust me, Ethiopia is a little crazy. So I don't know if you want to risk it. So, anyways, they they got that all sorted out. Uh, I managed to call my m- mom from Nairobi, even though it was ridiculously expensive. It was like 1,100 shillings. So, what, about $15, $20 for 90 seconds? So I would just leave the name of Iqbal, like give her the phone number for Iqbal. And then she called me back that night because I needed to get some money transferred over to me. Cause she, like, uh, you know, she might bank detail stuff. So yeah, so she she sent over about a thousand dollars, which only cost me about twenty bucks, which is pretty good actually. And yeah, I talked to her for a bit. Plus, I hadn't spoken to her since Gondar, Ethiopia, so it was, I don't know, it was probably about six weeks or so. So it was good to hear from everyone. And then I had a surprise call one night. My one of my best friends, Murphy, she called me. Uh, so we talked. We talked for about half an hour, which was great, because uh, her sister was getting married shortly, which I couldn't believe I was gonna miss. Because Tracy's like my big sis, but anyways, I got caught up in all that, so that was really cool. Also, went to the post for Stant a few times, which is where I used to get letters <laughs> or parcels. You know, email. <laughs> remember, so that was always a big moment when you're like, oh, so I did get a few letters from friends and family, and then you'd have to forward because I never knew where it was gonna be. You know, when I tell home i'm like okay well here's a list of possible post-restants i might go to in cities so and then once you leave somewhere then you you forge so say the nairobi post-restant so then i'd forward it to dar Salaam, tanzania post-restant thinking that's where it will be in a month or two so it was a gamble i like there was lots of things i probably didn't get that was sent so but when i so when you got letters it was it was awesome it was great Oh, and I also went to the Human Resources in Nairobi and got a Kenyan residence card <laughs> for, like, I don't know, a couple bucks. But it would save me half price and on Ke- all, all on Kenyan national parks. So, like, the last episode where we got busted by those cops, I'm sure fake, just shows how easy it was to get fake ID in Kenya. So that's why I didn't believe them. So So, yeah, got that. And then we also went to... African Cup rugby semi-final, I think it was semi-finals, because Kenya was playing against Zimbabwe. So that was really cool because it was, you know, packed stadium and exciting except for Kenya lost. So that wasn't great, obviously, because I was in Kenya. (laughs) But it was a really cool experience. So then on July 10th, Casey showed up at the Iqbal. So that was cool because i hadn't seen him for a couple of weeks. So caught up with him and then... Around the same time, Susie, who was also my other housemate in Lame, so there's four of us, Casey, Christine, me, and Susie, she showed up, and I guess she'd asked her mom, her mom was there, like her mom came to travel with her for a couple weeks or something like that, do safaris, and her, so Susie must have said something to her, so her mom gave me a torch, flashlight, so that was really sweet, wasn't it? definitely didn't expect it. Susie and I were very, very opposite. So we kind of clashed sometimes. But yeah, so kind of the whole gang, the whole Lamu house was back together again in Nairobi. And of course, Christine was there the whole week while I was there. So I hung with her quite a lot. And also Susie and Casey went and got their Zaire visa. So I was like, okay. So I mean, I you know, I was like, oh, well, for sure bump into them throughout Africa, which no problem. But I decided now that I was going to travel with Claire because Claire and I were going... You know, kind of the same areas. We wanted to go to Uganda and we wanted to see the gorillas in the last year. So we're like, well, let's travel together. And she's lovely. She was about my age, uh, English girl. Super funny. So we, we got along really, really well. So on the 12th of July was my last night in Nairobi. So Casey, Craig, Claire, myself and Christine. God, it was all C's. <laughs> we all went for dinner. Uh, quite a nice restaurant. Actually, spent way too much money, but hey-ho. And yeah, I had a last dinner and then we went back to that Shooter's Bar for our drinks. And then the next morning, so on the 13th, we went for our, my last breakfast in Nairobi. I was actually really sad to leave Nairobi, which is just weird. Like I said, most travelers hated Nairobi. <laughs> I loved it. So like I said, mostly for the food and other travelers. <laughs> but I had, you know, I had a really good time there. So yeah, I went for breakfast at one of my favorite places, Clipso. Great like pots of tea there actually. And then I went, uh, picked up my Tanzanian visa, so I had, got now had all my visas, you know, for the next few countries, so that was cool. Also, it stocked up on all my essentials, so that was cool, because I'd also spent like $300 in a week, which was ridiculous. I mean, I was spending between 5 and $10 a day in Nairobi, or in Kenya. So, yeah, it was a big shock. I mean, half of that was visas, so, but I was like, okay, let's, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> yeah, just banks, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, Claire and I finally hit the road at about two o'clock. So said goodbye to Casey and, you know, it's like, okay, see you down the road somewhere. Well, I've never, we have never seen each other since, <laughs> since we said goodbye to each other in Nairobi on uh, the 13th of July, 1993. Yeah, how crazy is that? I mean, we're in touch with an email now. We found each other on Facebook about 10 years ago, but he lives in California and I'm in Canada. So yeah, it's so crazy. I mean, we we, we parted. Like I said, just in time not to kill each other, and you know to—I wouldn't say salvage our friendship, but you know continue our friendship, which is great because him and I went through so much together in those five months, five and a half months. You know, a lot of experiences. So I'm glad it was really good timing, and you know it's all good. Love you, case. (laughs) And actually, that's the longest I've ever traveled with anyone in thirty, like my whole life. (laughs) So did pretty good, case (laughs) lasted that long. I mean, all my other big long trips have been solo or like, you know, except for shorter trips, like holidays more uh, that I've gone with friends or partners. But my big solo traveling is or my big backpacking trips have been solo. I just prefer it that way. It's just a lot easier and it's much more it's like the closest you can get to freedom, basically, because I can just wake up one day and go, yep. It's time to go, <laughs> or no, nope, I got to hang out here for a week. You know what I mean? And I don't have to worry about what other people want to do or eat or see or whatever. I can just do what I want. And when I'm, I'm very self-sufficient, I'm, I don't often get lonely. So that's not a problem for me. And when I do, I just meet people. I just talk to people. Like even... Like whether it be local people or other travelers, depending where I am. But if I just go to a restaurant and I'm feeling a bit like I feel like talking, so I'll just like lean over to the next table, start chatting to them and usually get invited to join them. So, But places like Kenya, I mean, there's so many travelers. It's, you know, like I said, I've left Casey, traveled with Craig, now I'm traveling with Claire. So it wasn't difficult to do to meet other people. Anyway, so, yeah, by the case, big hug and everything like that. And Christine. But I knew I was going to see Christine again in Malawi because she had a guest house there with her boyfriend. They own, So I was like, yeah, I'll see you in Nakata Bay in Malawi in a few months. And, and Craig walked us, like, to the Matatu station, which is kind of through the dodgy. Well, there's a few dodgy places in Nairobi. But one of the dodgy parts I hadn't been to before. So he was our little... Escort, I guess, with me and Claire, and then said goodbye to him. And yeah, I mean, we only traveled together for a couple weeks, but he's just an awesome guy, so much fun. I mean, we didn't have any there's no sexual chemistry there, but awesome top top bloke. So yeah, said goodbye to him, and then that was it. Claire and I were off on our own, and we had only had to wait about forty five minutes for Matatu to go to Lake Navasha. So make sure you tune in till next Thursday's episode when you hear about beautiful Lake Navasha. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Okay, so tip number one would be like Lamu was my favorite place on the Kenyan coast. I mean, just catch the the last episode and that gives you all the details about Lamu. So I kind of won't go over those again, but just go. and go in 2021 because I guess they're building this huge multi-billion dollar complex on the port. So it's going to change Lamu, Lamu completely. So yeah, go as soon as COVID's over or at least under control. Okay. So tip number two would be, yeah, like for melindy I mean, you know, like I said, it rained the whole time. And like, you can't just look up stuff. Like I've just looked up what to do in Melindi now. <laughs> there's all these things to do. I'm like, wow, I wish I would have known about some of these places back then if they existed. So yes, places I would have loved to have gone to Melindi but didn't was there's a place called Marafa or Hell's Kitchen or the locals call it Nyari. I get So it's in a natural depression, kind of in a mini canyon. And there's natural stone columns in there and they say it's like an unusual sandstone mini canyon but i guess the lighting is amazing so all the different colors of the landscape there but it's super 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 hot especially midday hence the name hill's kitchen so if you're gonna go i would go at sunset because i guess the colors are the best to you know best to see them then and they guess they also held many ancient sacred rituals there so it's a pretty you know, powerful, spiritual place. And also the, the Getty Ruins, which apparently is an archaeological mystery. And they reckon that it stems from the 13th century. And they've, so there's like Colberg houses, a palace, a mosque. And they've even found like Chinese Ming vases and Venetian glass there. So, you know, the Kenyan coast was super important for the spice trade, especially. So, you know, it's quite old. And also there is a Marine National Park there, there's a falconry, sea falcons, a butterfly sanctuary, and a snake sanctuary, so got to see all these animals. So yes, yeah, so lots to see in Malindi now, rather than just drinking, playing cards in the rain for four days, could to see some of that stuff. <laughs> okay, and tip number three is for Mombasa, and that is the second largest city in Kenya outside of Nairobi. And it's also the biggest port uh, in East Africa. So, again, it has, it's you know, quite a history as well. there, And it's a cultural melting pot because, again, with the trading, spice trading, so there's people, the culture's all, yeah, just a mixture of melting pot, I guess, the cultures. So the Old Town is pretty, it is pretty cool, actually. And, of course, this Fort Jesus, which is, like I said, it's a Portuguese fort from the 16th century, which is a UNESCO heritage site now. And then there is also the Haller Park, which is a natural reserve. The Mombasa Marine National Park, you can do diving there. And as I said before, the beaches there are supposed to be amazing. I didn't make it to there because, like I said, rain or cloudy. So skip those. So, yeah, so there's lots <laughs> of things to do in Mombasa and Melindi. And a little extra tip. So I'll just go over the visas quickly for that area. Tanzanian visa is about 50 U.S. dollars. Unless you're American, it's 100 bucks. Also, they're good for 90 days. And it take you can get the e-visa. And it could take up to ten days, I think, or or go to embassies as well. And in Uganda, it is again also fifty dollars, and that lasts three months, so ninety days as well. So that's fifty dollars for single entry or a hundred dollars for multiple entry. Kenyan visa, it's fifty dollars. It could take five days, and again, e visa or embassy. But you can get an East African e-visa. So, this is totally new for me. And you get multiple entries for Uganda, Kenya, and Rwanda for 100 bucks. So, it's definitely worth it to get that if you're going to those, even two of those countries, really, because it's multiple entry. So, you can get that e-visa, or, or it could take up to five days. You can just apply to whichever country you're going to first, apply through that way. And last one is Congo. Like, yeah, Democratic Congo slash Zaire when I was there. Again, a visa, but they say it could take up one to two months, which doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and it costs, they cost between 150 to $200, depending on how long you're going for. Okay, so that's a little visa update for Africa, or that part of Africa. Okay, and for the solo female travelers, Kenyan East Coast and Nairobi, even but especially the Kenyan Coast, very you know, pretty much very safe. Just take taxis at night. Obviously, you know, stay out of the little dodgy areas. There wasn't that many on that on the coast that I found. Like, Mombasa is big, so there will be. And of course, for Nairobi, same deal. Although, like I said, I spent a lot of time in Nairobi, and I didn't have really that many problems there. Well, really none. Well, a guy tried to steal my baseball hat one time, but I got it back. <laughs> and and like I said, you meet so many of the travelers there, like. You know, you can choose to travel with them for a little while, you know, or not, or you know, but you won't be lonely. And like I said, lots of people to meet and see and do. So yeah, gets my thumbs up. And don't forget, please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once for the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. ManyRoadsTravel.com forward slash insurance double L and traveled and don't leave home without it as the saying goes. (laughs) Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Okay, so that is a wrap for this week's session. So make sure you check in next Thursday just before New Year's to get uh, the next episode, which will be about Lake Navasha in Kenya. Okay, so Check out the website, manyroadstravel.com for up-to-date blog posts and things like that, as well as I'm putting every month, you know, great solo travel deals on there. So no supplements, things like that. And free cancellation and rebooking with COVID. So stay safe out there, people. I wish you happy holidays and see you next week. Okay. Until then, safe travels. One more time.